Klausi-Eisen, vielleicht da. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to episode five of the Star Sport Podcast. I'm Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and saddling up beside me is Star Sport editor Kieran McCarthy, who's rearing to go. On today's show, we'll be joined by Munster Ladies Manager Laura Guest to talk to us about Skibbereen's Enya Breen, who made her Ireland debut in a Six Nations loss to France at the weekend. We'll also chat to Greg McCarthy, clerk of the course for the Clannacilty Park Hotel West Cork Rally, which goes to post this weekend. But now before we chat to Laura about all the weekend's rugby, it would be remiss of us not to mention the Chetland Festival, which kicked off on Tuesday. And it's probably worth noting before we go any further that we are recording this after racing on Tuesday evening. So forgive, forgive us if we mention any horses that finish paddy last over the next few days, and no doubt we will. It wasn't a bad day for the West Cork Raiders on day one. Gavin Sheehan from Dunmanway managed to finish third on board 33-1 to shot itchy feet in the supreme novices hurl in the open race of the festival. Yeah, and Gavin has a few decent chances this week. Um, he rides St. Calvados in a Chapman chase on Wednesday. He's around 33-1 to shot, so unlikely he'll finish in the placings. But he looks to have a decent each-way chance in the cross-country also on Wednesday on board. Fact of the matter for Jamie Snowden. So best luck to Gavin with the rest of the week. There's also more West Cork interest and Copine's Noel Feely looks more likely to end up in the winning enclosure this week. The Gold Cup winning rider is booked every day and will have a chance with Black Op in the stairs on Thursday and Calandra in the Brown Advisory. Now, before we move on to the rugby, since every other podcast and radio show in the country seems to be giving tips for Cheltenham this week, no matter whether they know the first thing about horse racing or not, people are tipping, Ray Darcy's tipping, Ian Dempsey's tipping, so myself and Kieran are going to have a go at this old tipping lark ourselves. And I suppose I'll kick it off, Kieran, before we go to you. And um, I'm going to give a tip for the Gold Cup on Friday because I think whether you're a racing fan or not, you'll probably watch the Gold Cup. It's probably the biggest race of the jumps calendar outside of the Grand National. And I'm going to go for a bit of an outsider, although I think presenting Percy, who's second favourite, could be the most likely winner. I'm going to have a flyer on Thistlecrack. Uh, Colin Tizard's horse is around a 12 to 1 shot. And when he won the King George in Kempton in 2016, he looked a surefire Gold Cup winner in the making. But unfortunately, injuries have hampered him because he is a freak. He jumps like a stag. And he's back, almost back to his, well, I can't say back to his best because he'll never replicate that run when he won the King George in 2016. But just in the most recent King George run at Kempton, around Christmas of last year he finished second to Gold Cup favourite Clan des Oboe and he wasn't second by far he ran a massive race so I think 12 to 1 is a big price and he'll definitely give you a run for your money if you're like playing small stakes like myself a few quid each way Tissel crack in the Gold Cup come on and Kieran, there's a big difference here Jack you know what you're talking about <laughs> and I don't know what I'm talking about I was going through the form just looking to see what my big tip of the week is so my tip for the week is don't eat yellow snow <laughs> honest to god I was told that years ago and it stuck with me and it's kind of it's one of those rules of life that, that you can take forward with you it carries across continents you know it's the same as in America as it is in Ireland you know yeah. Antarctica Antarctica especially true in Antarctica so my tip for this week in Cheltenham is don't eat yellow snow 
So the Star Sport double. Tizzle crack for the Gold Cup and do not eat yellow snow at all. Which cups. is a lesson in life, Jack. So kind of, you know, it, it'll, it'll last longer. It transcends the Cheltenham Festival, which is yeah. important too. So <laughs> It certainly does. Worth remembering, folks. I hope you have that jotted down in your notepads. Now to more serious matters. And the rise of West Cork rugby continued last weekend with several players making big impacts in the green jersey. Oh, it was a fantastic weekend again for um, for West Cork rugby. In the last couple of weeks, Jack, we've we've talked about um, the, the various local people who are involved with it, with Ireland national teams, and it was fantastic to see Skibbereen's Inya Breen make her debut for the Ireland senior women's team in the Six Nations against France last Friday night. Huge moment for Inya, and fantastic to see. And she's adding again to to the number of locals who are plying their trade on in the international scene. So. With that in mind, I spoke to Clannacilty's Laura Guest, who is the head coach of the Munster women's rugby team, to chat about Inya, her potential, and as well as that, the rest of the local rugby West Cork players who are in action with Ireland in the Six Nations. Hi now, I'm joined now by Clannacilty native Laura Guest, the head coach of the Munster women's rugby team, and also a former Ireland rugby player who has won a Grand Slam and Six Nations title with Ireland in the past. Um, thanks for coming on the Star Sport podcast, Laura. Uh, let's look at Ireland ladies first. I know the 47-17 home defeat to France last weekend was disappointing, but for us here in West Cork, it was great to see Inya Breen from Skibbereen make her Ireland senior debut. Inya's only 19, but she's a, she's a very, very special talent. And you've coached, Inya with, you've coached Inya with Munster, Laura. Can you tell us a small bit about her? Yeah, Inya's um, a fantastic talent and it's brilliant, as you said, 19 to be making that senior debut. And I think it's not, I think it's important to recognise too, it's against France, who are one of the powerhouses of women's rugby. So Inya got a chance there in um, in against a team that are, you know, one of the best in the world, who are now semi-professional and, and Enya didn't look out of place in any way. Um, I suppose she was a little unlucky in that I would like to have seen her involved sooner in Six Nations, but Michelle Claffey and Selena Upu have been making a good partnership there. Um but while Enya didn't get a crazy amount of ball in attack, I thought she acquitted herself very well in defence. And um, Enya is one of these talented players who looks like they're going to fumble a ball or maybe shouldn't gather a ball. And suddenly she gathers it. She's still on her feet. She's very, very strong. And she, she's through a gap. And I think in commentary, Enya does all the little things correctly in terms of she does all the small details perfectly. And um, she certainly has a bit of X factor as well. But in her first start and in her first full 80 I think she should be proud of herself and she should be happy with herself hopefully we'll see more of her this weekend against Wales you said before that Inya is very much one for the future but she's also one for the present now we can see that by the fact that she's she, she made her Ireland debut like what, what does make her so what does make her so special Laura? Um, I think Enya has a bit of everything um, she has great balance um, superb strength um, she has plenty of pace and good good footwork and uh, more than anything else then which I think you need at, at that level um, she has a brain um, you know she, she has a rugby mind she's a great understanding of the game and I think Enya will get just better and better as time goes on um, but likewise yeah she's certainly one for the present as well um, in the Munster team this year I think she was the standout back throughout the season which is incredible for somebody who's in their first season at senior rugby Temperament-wise, like for for kind of a, she's only nineteen, and to get kind of you could say to make her debut against like a, such a, a good good French team, like she she wasn't faced at all, which is a good sign of of, of the future for her, I think. Yeah, I think Enya is just extremely calm as a person. You never see her get rattled. Um, you know, like anybody in a in a game, things might go a little uh, askew at the start. You might drop a ball, or you might miss a tackle. Enya rarely makes those basic errors, but even if she does, she never ever lets it get to her. Um, I don't know how she does it, but she's extremely calm. Um, there is a calm 
interior as well as exterior on Enya, and it's it's something that I don't think um you can coach. I think it's um something that's probably been there all her life, and I think she's just generally a games player. She could probably turn around to anything. I've heard of her playing uh, plenty of football down in West Cork as well, and yeah. I, I would think any team would be delighted to have an Enya Breen in their team. You know. So like she like if you hope you could next five six seven eight nine ten years we'd see a lot more of Enya both Munster and Ireland. Absolutely. I think one of Enya's huge strengths is um, she can actually play anywhere across the back line. Um, you know, she's played at 10 underage and she was playing at 15 at the start of the season for us. She was in the centres for us. Um, I think Enya could actually be anywhere in the back line. Um, I have to say, I like her in midfield in that I think she's a great defender as well as a great attacker. But I think one of Enya's huge strengths is she can play anywhere. And she's a superb place kicker as well. So I think the future is 100% bright with Enya. Oh, fantastic. That's great news. Laura, we didn't see Laura Sheehan from Oran involved against France the last night, but she did score against Italy in, in the previous game. You know, Ireland lost, uh, lost away in Parma that night. And she did, and, and Laura, Laura did score as well. And her Ireland debut against the USA back in November. So she, she's another local West Cork woman who's um, making great strides on the, on the international scene. Yeah, I think, as I said to you the last time, um, Laura is just a, a hard worker who puts her mind to something and she has earned every bit of where she's got to. Um, I suppose with Ali Miller returning, I suppose it wasn't really a surprise maybe to see Laura miss out a little in the Six Nations. I would personally have liked to have seen her on the bench um, for all of the Six Nations ahead of ahead of Megan Williams, who I know started in the first game, um, and, and would have liked to have seen her there just last weekend, stay on the bench. I thought she was very good in Italy when she came on, as you saw, said, she got a try. Um, Laura has superb speed, and I think she's a great finisher. Um, but I suppose with Emer Considine and Ali Miller, you know, there's great experience in that wing setup at the minute, and I suppose knowing Laura, I think what she'll be doing is um, she'll be learning from what they have, which they are two great players. She'll be learning away and keeping her head down and working way hard. And I think we will certainly see more of Laura still. Her her international career might be a little on the up and down, but I think that's international rugby, unfortunately. Obviously, like we were sitting there, the, the result didn't go too well against France the last night, but the crowd was fantastic. You know, over 6,000 at, at the stadium up in Dublin the last night to watch the Irish women's rugby team play. Hopefully that, that, that's a sign of things to come because it's great just to see that, that Irish team get that level of support, Laura. Yeah, and I think the, the players fed off that support too. I think there was great intensity, especially in that first half. And um, I think the, the crowd played their part there. And um, as you say, yeah, it's great to see people out supporting the women's game. Superb numbers. And again, superb numbers in Independent Park the other night as well for the 20s. And it's great to see people supporting, if you like, the the, the lower end of the international scale, only on, on the fact of popularity, really. I mean, you can... You can pay a fortune to get into a senior international. You don't have to pay that much money at all, and you can get into some top quality rugby, be it in, be it in Energia Park or be it in Irish Independent Park. How would you assess the Six Nations so far for the Irish women's team? Um, I think the minimum target coming into the Six Nations would have been to win the, win the three away games. Um, I think people looking in might have thought that um, Italy might have caught Ireland. I think Ireland were under no illusions. Italy are a very improving side, and that was always going to be a very tough battle. Um, they simply now must regroup and beat Wales away. Um, that that is their minimum now is that they have to get that victory in Cardiff, uh, which isn't a difficult or isn't an easy thing either. Um, you know, Test rugby is very difficult uh, at the best of times. Um, but I think where Ireland women maybe would be disappointed a little bit with themselves at the weekend um, against France is some of the scores were just a little too soft. Um, we, we, we had a pillar moved maybe twice um, to, to get two fr French tries where they had made them work for scores and all of a sudden then they just gave them two soft scores. So I think Ireland's discipline is still maybe one of their Achilles heels at the minute. And I think it's been documented a bit about their maybe lacking creativity in attack. I don't know if I buy that. I think there's plenty of creative players out there. I think they're just not getting um, enough possession 
and they need to generate quicker rockwall. And as a coach herself, would you start in your Breen against Wales this weekend? You know, the fact she, she made her debut, like, would you just put her in against straight away? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, w- I would be a fan of putting Enya Breen in as often as she is fit um, for the next, as you said, 10 years. I think she's a superb player. Brilliant. You mentioned her Ireland under 20s earlier. They had a fantastic win against France the last night. They, they won the Six Nations with one game to spare. Yeah. Josh Wichelin, Fineen's brother, got two tries, man of the match. John Hoddett from Oscar, another great game. It's fantastic, isn't it? Like, kind of, because there wasn't a lot of talk about this under 20 Ireland team before the Six Nations. But here they are, kind of four wins out of four, and they're playing great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and do you know what? They're playing some superb attacking rugby. Um, I suppose maybe a little different to the senior setup. There's a bit more room and there's a bit more free-flowing attacking rugby. Um, but the under-20s are having a superb season. I'd say going into England, a lot of people didn't give them a chance. That England side were a great side. And a lot of people just said, oh, I, I presume now the 20s will play. And I, and I hope they're kind of respectable against England. But I think people were surprised they beat England. Um, and the 20s then just got a little bit of momentum. And it's very important in a tournament. And they blew France away. It was um, a very comprehensive victory. And as you said, two, two able West Cork men. Um, I've been watching Finneen play for quite a while now. And I have to say, I'm a huge fan of Finneen Witcherly. My God, is there a second Witcherly? And hopefully he'll make as much progress in the senior setup as Finneen has done. Because I think, I think Finneen is somebody who hopefully will play Ireland senior yet. He's a very young man and he's in a very competitive position. But I think he's a fantastic player. And my God, is Josh a fine player as well. Isn't it fantastic? Here we are, Laura, kind of talking on a, on a West Cork sports podcast. We're talking about rugby players from West Cork and the international scene. Go back five, ten years ago, it was probably unheard of with the likes of Laura there in yet. Kind of Finneen Witchley, Gavin Coombs, Liam Coombs, Darren Sweetenham, now Josh Witchley, John Hadnett. Isn't it fantastic for rugby here in West Cork? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And, and you know yourself as well, being involved in sport for so long. Um, you need people like that to come through to give the young people in the area the chance to say, oh, I think I should play rugby. So, you know, sport in West Cork and rugby in West Cork is currently thriving and it's from the likes of those players. Those are all those players you mentioned. They're superb role models. Every one of them, not one of them have an ego and they are all down to earth, hardworking, um, fantastic ambassadors. Darren Sweetnam, again, like he, he was capped there a couple of, couple of years ago in November. He's a fine player. Every time he plays for Munster, he makes something happen. Um, and again, that, that Irish setup is incredibly competitive. And yet he featured in November. So again, you know, Darren isn't gone either. And hopefully we'll see Fineen come through in the future. And, and likewise, hopefully Josh and, and John might come through. And as you rightly said as well, we've Gavin and, and um, Liam Coombs then as well, which again, fine players coming through. Oh, fantastic. Before I let you go, Laura, I have to ask you about obviously the, the, the Ireland senior side against Wales this weekend. And I suppose the odds of winning the Six Nations, a lot of results need, need to fall in Ireland's way. We need Scotland to do us a favour. We, we need to beat Wales ourselves. What, what's your hunch telling you about this weekend, this Saturday? Um, I'd like to see Ireland perform again for the intensity that they had for the first 40 last week. I, I think they needed for 70 or 60 or 70 at least for this week. Um, I think they can beat Wales, yeah. I definitely think that of Ireland. Um, they needed the performance against France. I'm not certain Scotland will be able to do us the favour um, but I think Ireland themselves are only looking after number one. They're looking after let's beat Wales. Um, I think this tournament um, has been a funny tournament. Um, I, I would have said I didn't see a Grand Slam being won unless it was going to be Wales. And I still probably wish we weren't in Cardiff this weekend um, playing them. But at the same point, I think Ireland can get the better of Wales. They just need to, again, bring the intensity they brought for the first half there uh, against France for 60 and 70 and 80 minutes. Um, it was nice to see Conor Murray play better rugby. I'm still not convinced that Johnny Sexton is at his best, but he was better, thankfully. 
Um, but again, I think Stander and Omani are huge players for Ireland. And I think CJ Stander was sorely missed in the previous couple of games. Like there was a welcome return, return to form against France because I say we're starting to get worried. Like was it was it just a blip in the first couple of games or was it something more serious? But to see them outplay the French, I know the, the French being the French, they're unpredictable at the best of times. But to, to see them play as well for that first forty minutes, it kind of it kind of puts us more at ease, though, doesn't it? it? Kind of coming into the to the World Cup later in the year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Ireland needed that um, because I think panic mode might have set in otherwise. Um, I, I I probably wouldn't have been overly worried about um, maybe a bit of a kick in the, in the behind in the Six Nations if it means we recover and perform in the World Cup. Um, you go back to 2007 World Cup, we looked amazing, we looked uh, fit, we looked um, big and strong and we were absolutely brutal at playing rugby. So maybe we had got ahead of ourselves, even as supporters, um, and, and thought, you know, we're, we're world beaters and we're going to win the Six Nations, we're going to win the World Cup. Maybe we got a wake-up reminder and um, I, I don't think we'll be caught when it comes to World Cup. When I, I hope then we have players coming back and in form. I think Sean O'Brien coming into this tournament without much game time. Uh, very difficult for him. Um, impossible to find form in such a, a competitive window as the Six Nations. Um, but hopefully Ireland will keep building their strength and depth. Uh, great to see Jack Carty involved in, and getting capped. Um, I still didn't think Ross Byrne is, is not finished yet. I think Ross Byrne has a lot to offer this Irish side. Um, but I definitely think we're, uh, we'll be lucky of having this bit of a wake-up call when it comes to World Cup, I hope. Because like my final question, Laura, I suppose in terms of preparations for the World Cup, again, I know it's months away, but in terms of intensity, like the, the game we're going to be getting in, in Saturday in, in Cardiff, like in terms of intensity, this will be the closest that we're going to get to a World Cup knockout game, I think, you know, so it's, it's, it's a huge test. Absolutely, I agree. And, and again, the, the momentum inside in games in knockout rugby is important. I think Ireland will have to be constantly looking at trying to keep that momentum, keep the scoreboard ticking over, and... You know, doing the small things really well, you know, winning our lineouts is, is the minimum we need to require. And again, the lineout was better against France. It's, it's had its problems against Italy. It had its problems earlier in the round. Um, people would say that when Toner's not playing, our lineout isn't as good. I think Henderson's physicality is needed. I personally would still love to see Ty Byrne back in there. But I think, yeah, our set piece, we have to start winning those again. And we have to get that scoreboard moving and ticking over. Um, Wales will play for 80. That's without doubt and you're right the closest we'll get to a knockout rugby game thank you for listening to the star sports podcast don't forget to pick up this week's southern star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in west cork could want available every thursday in shops across west cork and online from anywhere in the world the southern star number one for sport in west cork Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and the Clonakilty Park Hotel West Cork Rally gets underway this weekend and for the first time ever it's going to be counted as a stage for the British Rally Championship, Kieran. Yeah, this is huge news, Jeff. Massive news for West Cork and we're delighted to be media partners for the event. They're expecting massive crowds in Clonard weekend and apparently there hasn't been a room free in any of the hotel for the week. And like with the likes of ex-World Rally Championship driver Mick O'Horvenden and Ireland's top rally driver Craig Breen set for action sport fans in West Cork really are in for a treat this weekend oh, 100% Jack they really are and I spoke to clerk of the course Greg McCarthy earlier on to get the inside track on what to expect this weekend so Greg how big a deal is this? 
Kieran, it's a, it's a, it's a huge deal really for rallying in Ireland in general. It's 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 a fantastic coup. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the best thing of all, it's you know the British Championship came looking for us. Mm-hmm. They obviously came last year and had a look at the rally in general and how we run our events in Ireland, and they were obviously impressed with Clannacilty, its location, its stages, and and they approached us to know would we be part of it. So we were delighted to accept it. Like the West Cork Rally, it's going since first held in 1977. Like that's a long history. But does this take it to the next level, Greg? It definitely ups to the level. I mean, three or four years ago, we were made a round of a new European Rally Championship, mm-hmm. which was a new idea from, from the FIA, which is the governing body of the sport in the world. This, for us in Ireland, is definitely taking to another level. Um, and to have the, the British frontrunners and the Irish frontrunners together, mm-hmm. head to head, it's going to be fantastic. Am I right in saying that this is the first time that uh, a round of the British Rally Championship has been held, held in, in, in the down south in the Republic? Absolutely, the first time in, I think it's 53 year history now the British Championship is running. It's mm-hmm. the first time it's been uh, south of the border. In terms of exposure for Clannacilty in West Cork, in terms of tourism and kind of um, TV audience and so on, what a, what a huge boost it's going to give everyone locally. Absolutely, look I mean, I've ran the rally for the last four or four years, this is my fifth year, and you always get that feeling that Clannacilty stated as the kickstart of the tourist season mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a double kickstart this year it's look there's a bit to be got from Kinsale to, to Skibbereen it's yeah. fantastic well, that's brilliant to hear your clerk of the course tell us what a clerk of the course actually does uh, pretty much the book stops with me for everything mm-hmm. from, from the word go um, I suppose initial planning for the rally for 2019 would have started maybe a week after the 2018 event um, we just have to you know the book stops with me, but I need a team behind me. Mm-hmm. And we could have anywhere upwards of 400 volunteers for the weekend to make the event happen. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed with the team I have. And to be fair, they've, they've rode with me, they've stuck with me, and they're still there again this year. Great team. And when you have a good team like that, you know, it, it makes life an awful lot easier. Talk me through the stages, Saturday and Sunday. It's running over both days. Kind of what, do, what do fans have to look forward to? Yeah, Saturday, um, Saturday we have four stages done twice. The first two stages would be Ring and Dunworley. Ring probably being the most famous stage in West Cork where guys just went to come to do that stage. Yeah. Um, a fantastic stage. I've driven it myself, competed on it two or three times. Um, Dunworley, while it's it's in the same area and it's on the coast and the Seven Heads, beautiful part of the world and the wild Atlantic weather, um, it's a completely different stage. Mm-hmm. Those two are done, done twice in the morning. In the afternoon we move inland. We have uh, a Shanaway stage which is up north near um, Enniskeen bit more technical and tricky not as not as quick as the ring or Dunworley stages and then Sam's Cross which again is another famous stage in the West Cork terms passing um, the monument at, uh, Fisher's, or at uh, Sam's Cross the pub um, and then in the door stages again are repeated twice and the last stage then is a two and a half kilometre stage just on the edge of the town mm. classed as a town stage but it's it's it, it's a little bit of countryside but it's mm. as close as we can get to the town without going down the main street yeah and then the actual on to Sunday? Sunday then, yeah. Sunday is a little bit, I won't say more leisurely, but a shorter version of, of a day, really. Um, Sunday we have three stages, Clagach, Bananascarty and Ardfield. Of the three of those, I suppose, um, Ardfield is probably the driver's favourite. Mm. But this year we've put an extra twist in it where we've used a version we've never used before. Um, again, classic coastal stage, lovely flowing roads, good, good surface. So those stages are repeated um, in the afternoon again on Sunday before the finish ramp in, in Emmett Square. You know better than anyone else, Greg, for fans this weekend to, to go and watch the rally. Where are the best spots? Yeah, I mean, Ring Village is always a popular spot, I suppose. We're very lucky in West Cork. You, you know, you go to other events. Um, it's hard to get into places, but in West Cork, there's an, an array of roads. So 
there's there's vantage points in in every one of the stages. Sam's Cross on Saturday afternoon, a very good vantage point. Ring Village, as I said, Dunworley, there's some lovely vantage points in Dunworley. Um, Ardfield Village again on, on the Sunday and the Red Strand, Fisher's Cross, plenty of, of, of vantage points and the maps are well signposted mm. and stuff, so plenty of places for the spectators to go to. There's a fantastic lineup too, and um, this weekend. Heaven, Mikko Hervinen, fourth time runner up in the WRC over here, like that's that, that's a huge coup as well. Yeah, look, it's it's been a kind of a dream, I suppose, for the last three years to try and get him here. Mm-hmm. We were very close last year and we got it over the line this year. You know, it just brings it to another level. He's looking forward to it. I've been speaking to him once or twice now in, in the last few weeks and really looking forward to it. He, he loves his rallying and will be delighted to come back to Ireland again. Having, having someone like him involved, it just raises the profile even more, doesn't it? Absolutely. Like with the, with the British Championship coming, the tarmac again for the fourth year and to have the likes of Harvinan, you know, I suppose it'll be for next year. Where do we go from there to raise it again? And, yeah. and that's something we aim to do all the time is, is keep keep upping the profit. So for, for, for sports fans here in West Cork, the chance to, to see someone like him in action is one they shouldn't miss. But as well as that, a lot of good local fellas there with Daniel Cronin, there's David Guest, I think Gerard Donovan, a yeah. couple of fellas like that. Absolutely. I mean, look, the local talent is there. I don't think Keith Cronin will be out this year, but mm-hmm. Daniel is certainly coming on strong every event. Um, David Guest is getting the hang of his new car. Plenty of local... local um, competition for, for, for Mikko and for, for all the rest of them No, oh, fantastic Greg Mayor, thank you so so much for popping in and best luck this weekend hope it'll be an absolutely fantastic couple of days um, so if there's anyone in West Cork this weekend looking for something to do pop along to the Clannacilty Parkwood Hill West Cork Rally entertainment is guaranteed Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award winning sports section that is everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sports Podcast. And I have to say, before we go through our usual rigmarole here at this point of the show, after reading last week's sports section, I honestly have to say I was never so excited about a sports section as in this week's like because when I read last week's I went into your office and I said Kieran great sports section this week and you said Jack wait till next week so <laughs> you know I'm on tender hooks here Jack I think the words I said to you is you haven't seen anything yet you know <laughs> kind of constantly raising the bar yeah. like kind of it's going to become a tagline Jack but this week it's a cracker Jack it's an absolute <laughs> cracker Jack um, this week we have a 28 page sports section 28 pages 28 pages yeah there's not enough I've been here morning, noon and night for the last week and they say the newspaper is dead yeah sleeping over in my sleeping bag down in the office and everything just to get this done just for all our loyal readers out there but it's a 28 page sports section that includes 8 pages on the West Cork Rally we're looking at the, the history of the West Cork Rally what's coming up this weekend so it's a must for any motorsport fan in West Cork but, but any sports fan really because it's such a big occasion this weekend in West Cork Jack having the the, the West Cork Rally is, is a counter round of the BRC. We also have a report and reaction for Sacred Heart Secondary School Clannacilty won the All-Ireland Junior Camogie Colleges final last Saturday. Well done to them. Congratulations. Fan- fantastic stuff. We have an interview with Paddy Kelly, the former Cork footballer. He gives he shares his thoughts ahead of Cork and Donegal in the Division 2 of the National League this Saturday. Crunch game for Cork, a, a game they have to win in their kind of ongoing battle to avoid relegation. So that's one... That's one for all GA fans in West Cork to pick up and read. Also, we've previews. The Senior Football Championship is kicking off, or throwing in, sorry, on, on Monday, Jack. Um, 
a couple of local teams involved. Beira are playing Shandun and Dunmenway, which is a best of luck to Beira. The Carberry senior footballers are in action too. They're taking on CIT in Brinney at, at 3 o'clock on Bank Holiday Monday. So that'll be an interesting one. Obviously, the Carberry team kind of takes in all the, all the clubs in um, in the Carberry division. It, it, it's a pretty big division. Um, Carberry lost in the opening round last year to, against UCC. They're taking on the CIT team which we don't know the kind of the, the look of the CIT team it's the it's, it's with colleges you don't know um what CIT team will turn up till the day itself so all we know with the Carberry team that Damien Gore will be playing with CIT and that's the last of Carberry he's Kilmacavie's kind of main forward you know he's a real talent he's played with the Cork seniors this year but he, he goes to college in CIT and he's playing with CIT so that's a loss to, to Carberry also another loss to Carberry is Rory Dean, the Cork senior. Um, as far as I know, he won't be involved with, with Carberry next Monday. And again, that's a big loss. Rory's been a been a fantastic player for... He got the all-important goal the last day in the league for Cork. Exactly, yeah, he's been a super player, but Rory's not involved with the Carberry senior footballers this year, but maybe, maybe that'll change, I, I don't know. Um, watch this space. Watch this space. Carberry still have the, the trio Driscoll brothers. They'll have Kevin Bryan and Cullum. They'll still have a host of players from across the... Uh, across the division so hopefully best look to them best look to Tim Buckley their manager and the Carberry senior footballer so hopefully we'll have positive news on that this time next week and we'll also in this week's Southern Star we have a few words of Conor Horan he'd a uh, uh, I don't know how you describe it it was kind of a, an action packed weekend last weekend uh, Conor uh, is from Bandon he's, he's our Bandon boy Republic of Ireland international who's also a midfielder at Aston Villa they played in their big derby against Birmingham last week. They won. Jack Grealish got the goal. But it's what happened to Jack Grealish before that Jack, which which caused all the consternation. It was it was a bizarre moment. I was uh, watching the game with a few friends. And, do you know, a Sunday morning kickoff, we weren't paying a huge amount of attention. Mm. But when this happened, this became the only thing in our lives. For those who didn't see it, I think Jack Grealish... There was, there was an Aston Villa corner possibly yeah. and play had stopped and Jack Grealish was walking back into position and out of the crowd mm-hmm. uh, a raving lunatic an idiot of, <laughs> you could call him an idiot of a Birmingham City fan ran onto the field and attempted to land a right hook mm-hmm. on Jack Grealish from behind Jack Grealish was unsighted mm-hmm. luckily he didn't connect fully but he did mm-hmm. land he and did uh, whether and it, the fact that it's from behind the shock level that that would bring be assaulted by someone from the crowd as a professional footballer when you think one place you're safe is probably between the white lines mm-hmm. and um, I don't know it's just it was it, w- it was shocking to see but seems to be happening more and more there was an incident in a Rangers game on Friday night as well and then in, later on on Sunday Dominion United Arsenal game um, after Arsenal got awarded their penalty I think a, a fan went on the field to confront Chris Smalling so it seems to be happening more and more Jack and um, the lucky thing for Jack Grealish is that that idiot did not connect properly with that punch because he had caused him serious damage. Yeah, because really. he, he swung for defences. Yeah, he really, really did. It was really not did. a little tap. He was going to knock him out. He was, yeah. He got hit with a 14-week jail ban on earlier this week, which is, it's good to see that they hit, they hit him hard, whether it's enough to, to kind of deter like, kind of like-minded idiots over the next couple of weeks and months because the worst thing, it just becomes a trend, you know, kind of if you have fools running from the from the ground from the from the terraces or the stand I don't care if you're full of drink or not it's just a ridiculous thing to do you know, yeah. it really is Jack now of course for anyone out there who thinks um, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones and that we're actually criticising 
football fans in the UK uh, we're not because this type of thing does happen on occasion in the GAA be it in club games mm-hmm. or if you remember back the Leinster final of I can't remember the year 2011 was it loud yeah, a few years ago now uh, yeah. the referee was accosted by a number of mm-hmm. raged, outraged loud supporters after the game and I, I don't, and there was the, the Kerry game down in, in Limerick Kerry against Mayo oh, yeah. a couple of years ago when a, a Mayo fan who in turn got a some kind of a deal with Supermax to promote a burger out of it. So every, that, every cloud and all that. Yeah, every cloud, but that's how we've reacted in Ireland. Like, you know, it's kind of with an old chuckle and a laugh mm-hmm. and a hash or he was only having a crack. But some guy is not only going to be having a crack and could actually injure a player. And I don't know, what can you, can you do? You, you can't go back to the old dark days of the 80s with 20 high foot fences because that only ends in tragedy as well. I know you, you you can't go there like you you're just hoping now that the the prison sentence that um, this Birmingham City fan and I use that word fan very loosely that he got that'll serve as some deterrent to others whoever if it crosses their mind for one fleeting moment because um what what might happen because if you punish that fan's team if Birmingham were punished were punished with maybe a points deduction or the the stadium was closed for for one game maybe that would serve as more of a deterrent because. What you don't want is these idiot hero fans. Let's say Man City Liverpool going for the league, Jack. Um, and if some Liverpool fan pretends to be a Man City fan, goes to the game and runs onto the field and accosts some other opposing player, next thing City are deducted points. You know, kind of. I I did I did see someone make reference to that during the week, though, and I, I I'm sure you're aware of uh, independent journalist Miguel Delaney, mm-hmm. who uh, on Twitter he noted when someone suggested that this is a possible thing that could happen that it would not take a massive amount of an investigation to figure out that this person may not have actually been a Man City fan mm-hmm. so say for example I'm a Liverpool sympathiser I have been most of my life and so if I was to run onto the field and pretend to be a Man City fan in order to get points deducted from them they could just go onto my Twitter feed <laughs> and see that for the last eight or nine years I've been tweeting incessantly about Liverpool and about why they haven't won the league in my lifetime that's an affliction you just can't cure is no, it that, you know? that is true and I'm sorry to say that that wait for the first Liverpool title in 28, 29 years will go on so. uh, more than likely more than likely anyway all I have to left to say now is again thank you so so much for joining us again um, this week We'll be back next week at the same time, so be sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Android, Spotify, YouTube and Stitcher or anywhere else where you listen to the show. And don't forget too that if you want to email, email us any questions, feel free to, to and email your questions to sport at sutheranstar.ie. So till next week, we'll talk to you then.